This episode of Tailgate Talks is brought to you by Blanco. Tune in live to interact with the hosts on Wednesday nights, 6.30 central, at www.twitch.tv backslash BlancaOG. Hope you enjoy the show. episode of tailgate talks this is club red where we discuss what's going on in the uh, red raider world what's going on with red raider sports and texas tech and we just kind of have some fun uh, obviously uh, all three of us uh, met each other at texas tech and so this is one of our favorite segments uh, to discuss every single week uh, but uh, before we do jump into the episode make sure to have a merry christmas now also uh um there is a new system, uh, if you're listening now on Spotify, to give us a five-star rating. We haven't gotten enough yet, but uh, if you're listening to this portion of the intro, make sure that you do swing by the Spotify and the iTunes. Give both of those a five-star. Obviously, uh, rating, reviews, and uh, make sure you hit that follow button on both. Uh, as far as our social media accounts, uh, tw- we're, we are on Twitter, at tailgate underscore talks. We're also on Instagram and Facebook as well as YouTube. If you do swing by that YouTube channel, though, make sure you hit the subscribe button. The last video we posted did, did pretty good. I think it almost broke 100, which was nice. It was good. Good little pop video worked out. Uh, as far as our personal accounts, Dustin, you can find him at DustinWimmer22, Brooks at Calvin B. Barrett, and me at Blanca with the L's of one. And lastly, if you have any sort of thoughts, questions, or anything you want to hear us discuss on the show or you need to get in contact with us for anything, uh, tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com is where you can reach us. So let's go ahead and kick off the Christmas episode of Club Red. We're going to start this thing off right. Hopefully y'all are having a uh, Merry Christmas week so far. Okay? Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Short week, so that's great. <laughs> oh, short work week. Right. That's right. Hell yeah. That's always a good feeling. Uh, I need to change my little logo thing and get my cool little Christmas lights I had on there off to a good point. Um, but uh, we got we, we got so, some kind of stuff to go through. Uh, first things first, obviously, we got the Liberty Bowl coming around. The 28th, so we are exactly a week away from that. Uh, 5.45 p.m. I think that's central, so I think we should be good there. But uh, definitely excited about this. Um, Any kind of uh, expectations you guys have for this game? I mean, we we get Mike Leach. Mike Leach is on the same field as Texas Tech again. Like, you got to be a little excited for that. I don't know. Dustin, what do you think? Yeah, I mean – that was so long ago. I don't care, but I know a lot of people still do. Um, it's a good way to sell tickets for this game and get, I guess, Texas Tech people excited to go watch our 6-6 six and six team. <laughs> I know I'm excited that we're just in a bowl game. I don't really care who it's against. Yeah. Um, 
my only like, concern is like what what's our coaching staff look like and who's calling what and helping do that stuff on the sidelines. Yeah. I don't know who's still here. You know, Cumbie came back to do this. Um, you know, he like I guess it's kind of doing double duty, but defensive side, I don't know what's going on there. So that's like my only concern, real concern for this one. I mean, Brooks, uh, what, what, are you looking forward to anything here? What are, what are, what are, your, what are your highs? What are your lows? What, what are you feeling about this game? I mean, any any sort of emotions at all, or is it just, yay, we're in the bowl game? Yeah, it basically sums it up. I'm just excited that we're playing in a bowl game in December. It's been a while since we've had the opportunity to do this. The fun thing about bowl games is you get to play a team that you, you know, don't normally yeah. play. Uh, Mississippi State, that's new. Of course, the coach that's on that other sideline, that's a familiar face with Texas Tech. But, um, yeah, just excited to be in a ball game. It'll be a Tuesday night, so that gives me something to do on a Tuesday night in the middle of the week is, you know, tune in to watch us uh, play in the Liberty Bowl. But other than that, I don't really know what to expect. Like Dustin says, we don't know who's going to be on the sidelines. I'm sure the coaches who – um, weren't retained, uh, have yeah. been hired at other jobs and are probably trying to get the right. ball rolling there. So, you know, it's really hard to figure out what to expect on this. Uh, that's kind of why I think I would lead more on the Mississippi state side. Cause for the most part, their coaching staff is intact. They kind of know what they're getting here and, and we're just kind of rolling with whatever we got on the sideline and, you know, just kind of, balls to the walls here let's just see if you can go be competitive and hey maybe get yourself a nice little upset in a bowl victory yeah and i mean uh, they're they're set at what seven and five through the sec uh you gotta kind of give a little bit of a tip of the hat to that at least um but, uh, yeah they have a couple nice upset wins in there like you know what each team normally does yep. their quarterback of course is uh 4,000 yard passer as usual with 35 touchdowns. So your typical leech type of team. Um, but you know, it is sec. So they've been through kind of the gauntlet of the sec and they got that sec speed. And of course a coach who's probably extremely motivated to make us look bad. <laughs> yeah. I would think he's probably the most motivated on their team. Cause I yeah. don't know if their team's going to get up for this kind of game, you know, they had a disappointing season ranked pretty high to start the season and then yeah. fizzled out. And so I don't know if they have guys, you know, transferring out, going to sitting out to go to the draft. I think, I don't know if their players are like all that motivated going seven and five and playing us in the Liberty bowl. I think we're the more motivated team. We still have had zero transfers. His team has stuck together and fought hard the last, especially the last month or so. And, the energy and excitement still around the program. And I think that benefits us in a way there. Possible. Very, very, very possible that they yeah. might look, look past our team. And mm-hmm. we, we, we still do, I think something to kind of tip it, like, like a little bit of a nod to on this is that we still do have players that, that kind of want to keep their spot for this incoming uh, coaching staff and the direction of this Texas tech team. So, I still wouldn't be surprised if, like, we still put up a decent fight here. Uh, But, uh, yeah, what do you got, Brooks? The last thing I was going to just mention is, you know, 
to Dustin's point of Leach is probably the most motivated. They are not that going to be that motivated as players. Like what player on that team actually gives a shit about mm-hmm. Leach's pass with tech? You know, they were like eight, seven years old or whatever. <laughs> like some of these guys were like seven years old when he got fired like, from like, the, like, like, it's like, it's like kids under eight or like under two yeah. eight being fans of Michael Jordan somehow. Like, no, they're, they're all, yeah, they're just, they, they, they're probably made aware of the situation by coach Leach and maybe the members on his staff, but none of the kids actually really probably care about that. No, uh, I know. So, I mean, the air raid a little bit of, a little bit famous, I guess, and how he got, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's, it's more likely what y'all are saying. Um, yeah, but the rivalry's not with them; it's with our, their coach. So okay. maybe he can, maybe he can find a way to get him hyped up enough for it. Um, but I, but as a <laughs> player, never like a raw raw guy though. So, <laughs> nah, but he did have that one video where he's just mother effing dudes for like a whole halftime. Priceless <laughs> video. So maybe he's maybe he's uh, channeling that version of himself to get these guys fired up. <laughs> So this is our first shot bet for for this week. Uh, obviously, we're going to be picking this as one of our games. Next one uh, is going to be an NFL game. We'll talk about that in the tailgate. Make sure you catch up over on that podcast episode. But uh, Texas Tech versus Mississippi State, Liberty Bowl, Mississippi State, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. So um, a little bit on the high side, but uh, also – kind of possible and, and i think it's a pretty good line i don't know um anybody want to kind of take the first dive on this on this shot bet i'll go right. i already have it written down in the tweet ready to go Done. um i'm gonna favor us and be a homer here i'm just gonna based off the motivation factor and our guys are way more excited to be here than theirs are and i don't know about the coaching but i have way more faith in our team we'll see and like brooks likes to say nine and a half is a lot of points there's a lot of points i'm going texas tech well i'm i'm gonna uh kind of um i'm gonna go on the opposite side of that uh i think the the whole mike leach texas tech thing is not going to be the motivator for for mississippi state but what is is all of these sec teams have like so much pride in trying to beat the Big 12 all the time. And so I think that they may have a little bit of, like, umph to their step. And so, like, like see a 10, 10 to 14-point game in favor of Mississippi State. I like that reasoning. Yeah. What do you think, Brooks? My heart tells me to go attack. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> but I don't really have any faith in our defense to um, stop uh, their passing attack. If there's anything we've seen from us kind of down the stretch of the season, like we had a really hard time uh, stopping good passing offenses. And so um, yeah. for that reasons, I, I think we'll keep it competitive, but I think at the end um, Mississippi state will find a way to cover that. So I'm going to go Mississippi state. And if, and if we lose it, Hey, and if I lose that shot bet, then cool. <laughs> All right. So, um, so that is going to be the shot bet again, guys. For y'all, y'all listening at home or on the road, wherever you're listening to the podcast. Um, the first shot bet for this week: Texas Tech versus Mississippi State. 
nine and a half points. Make sure you do swing by the Twitter page, get your vote in. Make sure you tweet or send us a cute photo or tweet or anything, pictures. We don't care. We just have this uh, do this for fun with you guys. Um, but send us send us your your shot bet pick before the game. Let us know if you won. Uh, next game that we do want to talk about a little bit, and uh, it, 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 it I, I, I want to say disappointment, but also, like, we fought. Like, I, I'm not really sure. I'm indifferent because I don't know if it was us. Well, I know it was us struggling, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was the uh, Texas Tech basketball. We had the uh, we had Gonzaga in Phoenix, and um, it was on Saturday, 69-55 was the final score. Um, Brooks, you're kind of our... our, our our, our our little 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 head of steam for for basketball usually uh, what did you see in this game both good and bad I mean what was your what was your initial thoughts or reactions to this let's start with the good and then we'll get into the bad after that so let's let's try to get ourselves on the off on the right foot here. Um, you know, we, we played competitively for the most part of the game. And I think, you know, when you go back and look at our analysis of the game, that's basically what we were asking. Just kind of, you know, compete. And just like if you take away the one stretch where Gonzaga just lit us up for three after three after three, you're we're relatively competitive with them the whole game. You had it within two points there in the second half. And then that's when that run I just mentioned uh, took place. And then you were never really in the game after that. But you know, ultimately, defensively, you held them to 69 points. Nice. And you stopped Drew Timmy. You held him to seven points. And he's a, you know, Naismith award. Could win the best yeah, probably college basketball. Yeah. Um, and then Chet Holmgren, who's just like a physical specimen out there, you held him to five points. So, you know, the your ability to create havoc, on this team's interior, which is where they thrive, which is where they're the best at. You, you had very good success there. I think they only had 16 points in the paint. They're a team that averages around 50 points in the paint. So the, what you did there game plan wise worked. Just the problem was a good, a not good shooting team had their best shooting day and they were able to capitalize on all of the wide open threes that you gave them because you were uh, playing so hard on that no middle defense, you allowed uh, open threes and they were able to knock those down. Um, but, you know, that's kind of your really your bright spot was that defensive performance in the interior and being able to limit Timmy and being able to limit Holmgren. Uh, offensively, I don't really have anything positive to say about it. So, Dustin, I, I, mean, I don't know if you have any positives you wanted to add about that game. I think – to piggyback on last week, Adonis Arms had another good, solid game. Mm -hmm. uh, he was about the only guy that could get any offense for himself. Yeah. And so that was good, but also the for the only guy is the bad part. Um, you know, I do think defense was pretty solid. We attacked Chet enough to get him in foul trouble. Um, but I guess to go to the bad side here, I also, I guess you could say it, both teams come out of this game thinking we did well um, on the same thing as Brooks pointed out. Their best two players, Timmy and Holmgren, didn't do anything. I could argue that Gonzaga feels pretty good about that, that those two guys didn't have to do anything. And, and we want Holden and Nimard went off for 30 points for those on their side. So, like, 
they didn't need their best two players and two other guys stepped up to score for them and another guy with 10. So that's good on their side. Um, yeah, the other bad thing, I mean, just to pile on to the offenses, we don't have any, any movement to get anybody a shot and set stuff. It looks like it's pretty terrible to watch. <laughs> um, and I know Brooks wants to get into the pace of things. And I agree with the pace of things needs to go up and down, not in like a, we need to run a track meet. I mean, we need to change the pace up and down more often. The times yeah. we get steals, let's go run three on two or three on three breaks and stuff. Let's see if we can push those little points. I'm not saying we need to run, you know, 150 possessions a game type track meet stuff. That's definitely not what we want to get into like with like Gonzaga. But yeah, change the pace a little bit with your rebounding. That's so good. Maybe some outlets, some steals. Like let's try to run on those situations, situational running, I guess. But I knew as soon as TJ wasn't going to play that we probably didn't have much of a chance in this game. Yeah, that was going to be my little kind of throw in on this was just you could tell TJ was missing on the offensive side. Of yep. Um, I mean, Brooks, so, so you were kind of been holding back a little bit on the on the negative side of this. What, what's your what's your uh, room for improvement? Yeah, a little corporate turn for you guys at home. Uh, room for improvement. Uh side of the side of the uh, basketball game well it's all offensive man it, it's it's been really hard to watch we were a team that averaged you know in the upper 80s when we were playing these terrible teams and then as soon as we got into good competition it's like we can barely score over 60 points um you know when we're playing good competition and you're in the big 12 conference which is known for tough defenses and tough teams so it's very concerning and there's some people like, oh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Well, it's very concerning to me that we haven't at this point. And it seems that we're not really making a whole lot of offensive adjustments. Like no. Dustin said, yeah. a lot of my – I've really watched the pace that our offense works at. And if you pay attention in that Gonzaga game, a lot of our points came from when we had fast break opportunities when we were able to get the offense quicker while the defense was at a disadvantage. And there's a lot of times where we get the rebounds and we'll try to slow it down, let the defense get set, and then try to run whatever, like, pointless offensive set that we have that gets nobody open. We don't have a point guard. And you can basically all put this back on the fact that we don't actually have a true point guard and somebody who knows how to control the pace, know when to push the ball when we have numbers and get it out in transition. And we have guys who are scared to pull the trigger on an open three. It seems like, Hey, we have so many op open opportunities and we'll shot fake it and pass out of it just to get a worse look or not even get a look because <laughs> we'll turn it over or we'll get it down low where you have it. Seemingly we recruit guys who can't finish around the rim for a goddamn shit, man. So yeah, it's I want so to come out. We have, I was just looking, want to make that point and jump on with you. Bryson Williams, Bacho, Santos Silva are three big guys combined for 10 points off of know, like 13 shots. Pretty bad. Yeah. Bryson Williams took two for 10. Two for 10. Two for 10. And Bacho didn't have a whole lot of opportunities. He got fouled a couple times when he went up. I thought he played another really solid game. Another guy that you look at and you're like, wow, this dude really belongs. He plays well. He yeah. keeps up with the, the talent. He uh he put he got 
Chet Holmgren into foul trouble a couple times with some of his plays. So I don't really have anything bad to say about him. But I mean, Bryson Williams, you're right there, dude. You're right by the rim. And this he is why we got you. Every fucking time, it he can't get it to go. It is maddening. I think the only I thought Silva was bad at around the rim shots. Bryce oh my god, they must work out together only, <laughs> and, and just them two going at each other one on one and just missing every single yeah. time right around the rim. It must be maddening to watch that practice. But I just don't understand how he can't finish around the rim. And then you know the other problem is when you get in a shot making game like that game became where you have to hit threes to keep up. We just don't have anybody who can do it consistently. And one, you're struggling to get O'Banner, you know, open looks. And he's not really a shot creator, so you need somebody to create for him. You don't really have anybody who's doing that. McCuller just isn't that good of a shooter, um, really. Yeah, not that good. Adonis was, like Dustin said, he was kind of the bright spot on the offense. He was able to get himself to the rim, create open looks for himself. I think he took on a larger role than he was, you know, we expect of him. And so maybe that's why he had some turnovers and stuff like that. You know, usually T Terrence Shannon Jr. is taking the majority of those looks, but ultimately it's just really frustrating. I, I don't know where the offense is going to come from because, well, Davion Warren wasn't doing much for you when he had the ball. Dude, he hasn't done honest. much the last few weeks. Mm-mm. Once we started playing good teams, he's disappeared yeah. and is missing a lot of shots. I don't have the other games pulled up, but I mean, two for eight this game. And he's had yep. similar games against Providence and Tennessee. Like, it's terrible. Yeah. And Warren, three, for 10, three for 10 against Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, yeah, it's just, it's become really difficult. And then, you know, when you get those opportunities by the basket, you got to be able to capitalize on those. And we're not. When you get open looks from around the perimeter, You've got to have guys who can knock those shots down and you just don't really have any of that. And so, and so it's going to be a lot of, you're going to have to have a lot of these Tennessee games where you're just hoping dudes are missing threes on the other team to keep yourself in the game. Cause if you catch a team on a good shooting night with the way our defensive plays, it's going to be really hard for you to keep up unless, unless we can figure out some kinks to make this offense run a little bit more fluid, get us into space more and, you know, one of the other ideas that me and my dad keep talking about, why the fuck do we have to have two posts on the court all the time? We always have to have Bryson Williams or a banner, Bacho or Marcus Santos Silva. Why can't we go one big and then stretch the floor with all these lengthy guys that we got that we talked about at the beginning of the season? How we couldn't wait to see. Let's try small ball because we've got all these six foot six dudes, but yet we don't use that to our advantage. And we keep having to throw out. We always have to have Santos Silver, Bryson Williams on the court. who don't do anything good for you right now. Like mix yeah, I, it up a little bit. I get like O'Banner stretches the floor for you, but yeah, if you're mixing Bryson, Bacho, and Silva in at the same time, which we do quite often when we don't need to, like I get you're making a mismatch one way, but you're not taking advantage of that mismatch on that end of the floor, really. Mm-mm. So yeah, mm-hmm. besides O'Banner out of that, yeah, I don't see why we got to play two of those three guys so often together. It makes no sense. And then it also clogs clogs it up on offense because, you know, Santos Silva is not a floor spacer at all. He has to be like right. He has to basically under the rim rim to make a basket. Bryson Williams can at least expand the floor a little bit. But when you have another guy on there who can't, like it really clogs the paint. 
And then you just don't have space for your guys to create. Like there's a lot of times where I've seen Terrence Shannon Jr. or McCuller be able to take somebody off the dribble. But then once he gets into the paint, there's Bryson Williams down Maybe there. Or Silver Bacho. Yeah. And so we got to figure out a way to space the floor. Like and that. I think that's I, I like I like going small. Use that length. McCuller can guard pretty much every position out there yep. if you need him to. We don't always have to have two bigs on the floor. So I, I just don't know what we're going to do. I, I just haven't seen anything that encourages me that we're working on trying new things yeah. yet. Yeah. Which, I mean, some of that's a little predictable because Mark Adams is, is defensively a, a, a yeah. phenomenal coach, phenomenal defensive coach. And this is his first year. I feel like uh, kind of having so much say in the offense. Right. So I'm not like completely, you know, sideswipe by by that we're having offensive inconsistencies um but you really did think kind of going into the season with who we had that that wasn't going to be yeah. an issue we we basically stole like eight different teams top scorer top shooter top guy and so you yeah. really thought going into the season oh yeah offensively like they'll figure something out they'll work it out and you'll have some dudes you know every single game but i think every single game we're finding that they're just they just don't they don't have an offensive consistency at all, and I, I, I don't know if we should like chalk it up to like Mark Adams or if it's just so many of these guys came from like slightly smaller schools with like less pressure than playing in the big yeah. schools, and then now they're on a bigger stage and kind of a, a little, uh, a little, a yeah. little, a little, a little gun shy because like like you're saying that first guy needs to take that open three instead of passing off for a shitty shot eight, eight times out of ten. Yeah, I don't. I wish I knew what the answer was, and yeah. I'm sure Coach Adams wishes he knows what the quick answer was to solving this problem. But yeah, I think it has a little bit to do with hey, this is his first time at the D1 Power Five college level, trying to figure out how to navigate these defenses that are taking a lot of notes from him. You know, a lot of teams are are adopting this Coach Adams style defense, so he's got to figure out ways to score and create offense and get these players a little more confidence, get these guys all more involved and, you know, have the confidence to shoot that open three when it's there and not pass it up. And, you know, sure. It's going to take a little bit more time. We've only had a few games with TJ healthy, so that doesn't help either. Yeah. The conference season is coming up quick and, the big 12 is another year where it's just going to be a battle each and every game. And if we don't have an offensive answer, there's going to be a lot of L's in that column, just because of the fact that you don't have an offense that can keep up with some of these teams that are going to be able to knock down those open threes, like a Kansas, like a Baylor. So um, we just can't hope on getting lucky that teams shoot terrible from three while they're shooting shots from the three-point line against us 48 percent of the time so teams are taking a lot of threes on us because we're giving them open looks so there's another they know that it's open they know that yeah they had that chance and we got I, I i will say even though our our three-point game was off as hell against tennessee we also got lucky that theirs was worse. yeah they make so, one three they make one more three than they did they beat us yeah, <laughs> like so so it's just like we're giving the teams know that they're going to have the space to shoot the three and we don't have a good enough defensive chemistry or rotation just yet to, to prevent that. So like 
until we figure yep. out scoring, until we figure out a better like kind of rotate out to, to cover the guys shooting the three better. Um, yeah. We're gonna continue to see these kind of games against what is a yeah. really really fucking tough Big Twelve this year. Um, but uh, next game that we do kind of want to look at uh, is going to be what? What do we got next? Uh, we got uh, East Washington. Eastern Washington tomorrow Eastern Washington on Wednesday. One p.m. It's a weird time. Eh, I guess a lot of people are gone or off for Christmas. Holiday break. Yep, yep. Uh, but Eastern Washington, uh, we have them at home at least. So I mean that'll be nice. Uh, but this this should be kind of a fluff game. Uh, and uh, what? I guess so. So here's the deal. We have the the game on the 22nd. We got the game on the 28th against Alabama State. Uh, I, I I'm sure I already know the answer to this, but yeah. How much do we really need to see out of these two games? Like, do we just uh, are we really going to kind of rely on them to kind of get their shit together for Eastern Washington and Alabama State and find an offensive flow? No. Right. No, we're not going to rely on it. But you use these games to try to get your confidence back and built back up to a level to where you when you play Oklahoma State on New Year's, right? At your back to that confidence level. I think these are, these are great games to try to incorporate some new offense, to try to incorporate some new pacing, mm-hmm. do all of these things, work on it, and and hopefully build up for conference play. And if you struggle, there is definitely something to be concerned about if you can't get back on track on these couple fluff games. So, I mean, while we should win them, there is definitely something to watch and Terrence Sanders Jr. is not supposed to play tomorrow. So it's just another, you know, we just can't have nice things so far. Malik Wilson's going to be out for a while. Who's a guy who kind of played a point guard role for you. So you've got some opportunities here to try to figure out, all right, what do we want to do more Davion Warren at the point, more Adonis, more color. Like you've got a time to, to figure out some th- things, and that's what these games are for. Well, that's kind of that's kind of mostly all that we can really hope for out of that is just uh, these guys need to kind of figure out a little bit better how to play together. And, and, yeah. And I think that's kind of that's kind of just what's going on right now, honestly. Um, but uh, any other kind of input you guys have for for the basketball this week? Oh, good. I think that's pretty much it. Make sure you guys tune in. Again, uh, if you're listening live tomorrow at uh, at 1 p.m., so kind of an early game there. Uh, but the other one's going to be on the 28th, same day as the bowl game, so you're going to have to probably pick which one you want to see. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that does wrap up the episode of Club Red. Uh, make sure, again, guys, uh, new format on Spotify. Make sure you do give us a five-star rating on there. Obviously, follow. And then on iTunes, make sure you give us a follow as well. Five-star rating. Drop a good review below there. Hit us up on the socials. Uh, at, on Twitter, we're at tailgate underscore talk. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And if you do want to hit up our personal accounts, Dustin at DustinRimmer22, Brooks at Calvin B. Barrett, and me at Blanco with the L's of one. And that will wrap up this episode, guys. If you are listening live, make sure you do hang around and check out <coughs> excuse me, our conversation and talk about what's going on in the NFL, NBA, and shot bets. Until then, we'll catch you guys next week. And Merry Christmas. I'm not going to say Happy Holidays. I mean, whatever. This is, this, is, this is our show. I can say it. Here it goes. Tied at 38. Three seconds to go. 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good. He's good.